I have uh, I took a picture of uh, what is it the the big cardboard display of oh, yeah. Coco yeah mm-hmm. at the at the cinema and I have a picture of that and then when I went today I took a picture of the poster for Incredibles too uh, is and it go ahead it's basically the same as the first one it's just two yeah like where the where the <laughs> eye is mm-hmm. yeah like simple. Seeing like Jack Jack on the big screen was so cute. Yeah. I freaking like lost my mind, man. I kind of wish I hadn't seen the teaser before. Right? Yeah. Same. Because yeah. then that would have been like, <gasps> like everyone would have flipped out. It would have been so perfect. Oh my gosh, finally. Right? It's actually happening. Yeah. Ooh. But, but I mean, us, we live on the internet. So, I mean, I know I get all my news, you know, forever before everybody else even sees it in the movies or on TV because yeah. I'm, you know, plugged into entertainment stuff. Yeah. Some of my coworkers today were like, hey, Heather, if we like started, if we created a village like in the mountains, would you want to join us? And I was like, what? And he's, and they were like, yeah, no, we're just trying to like create a village. And I was like, I mean, Sure, mm. but I would need internet. And they were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> then no. <laughs> like, TV and movies are kind of my life. Like, that's how I decompress, and that's just what I do. So if I don't have that, then I will literally die. Oh, man. Similar story <laughs> at work. One of, the, one of the teachers at work was, like, talking about how I think uh, we're about to, like, send a missile to North Korea. Oh, and I was Christ, like, what? that would be so bad right now. If we could not get into World War Three before the end of next year, that would be so great. Because I have so many movies I need to see. Yeah. <laughs> if we die before Black Panther, I will be so upset. Yo. <laughs> if I don't make it to February, I've, my my ghost is going to demolish what's left of the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, one man ghost rider destroying everything. Because I didn't get to see Black Panther. Yep. Because somebody screwed up. Mm-hmm. I need that movie. Don't get me started on Infinity War. I just need Black Panther first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's like the cheese sticks before the rest of my food comes. Exactly. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Disney Versus, the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. Hope you guys had a wonderful and filling Thanksgiving. I think that's the word I want to use there. (laughs) We're back today and we're going to talk about the brand spanking new, well it's like a week old, release (laughs) from Pixar, uh, Coco. Hell yeah. First off, how was you guys' Thanksgiving? It was I, good. Mm-hmm. I had four. Heather, I know you had like yeah, I know you had like three <laughs> of them, three or four of them. Yeah, I had four. I had three the week. I had three the week of Thanksgiving, and then I had one the week before because that's when Adam was in town. Oh, okay. And he invited me. From Boston. Me. Yep, from Boston. No socks. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> Go socks. That's not stop. Please stop. <laughs> hear my philly accent it's even worse oh my god (laughs) grace what you do for thanksgiving i had a few people over and i cooked a bunch of food and it was awesome Mm. and i watched the parade the macy's day parade Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh snap 
Were there any good uh, acts? No, they were all terrible. But that's kind of what you expect. Like, you're going to get all of these kind of B-list performances and then a couple A-list performances like Leslie Odom Jr. with uh, Mm. Sesame Street. That was the best. Oh, nice. Nice. But also still super canned. So, but I expect that. I kind of enjoy the cheese. I refute Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. because the first time as like an adult that I was interested in Macy's, it was because... In the Heights, mm-hmm. uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's mm. first musical performed, and like they started, and I was like, "What is that? Mm. I like this. Give me more of that." Yeah. And then I started watching <laughs> the parade. I watched it for I think three more years after that, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Nah, this isn't as good as In the Heights. I'm done." Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't really watched it since. Yeah. I had a Thanksgiving with my coworker and her two-year-old. Who is actually a listener? Shout out to Danielle if you're listening. Hi, Danielle. She had never seen Home Alone two, because it's the 20th anniversary of Home Alone two. Yeah, I was about to say everyone's making a big deal about that one this year because it's because the anniversary. Yeah, it's the it's the better of the two in my opinion. So we Mm -hmm. watched uh, Home Alone and then we watched Home Alone two. That reminds me, I still have leftovers in the fridge that I'm going to eat when we're done. That's fantastic because my family took all of mine. (laughs) That sucks. I'm so upset. <laughs> All right, let's get to news because our news is kind of depressing today. Since everybody seems to be getting in Hollywood, seems to be getting caught for, you know, lewd behavior, sexual misconduct, um, sexual allegations of all shapes and sizes. Of course, it has to touch our world. John Lasseter, the head and one of the founder of Pixar, has taken a leave of absence because of misconduct allegations. Mm -hmm. And that includes um, a lot of um, female employees have come forward because of um, like unwanted physical contact, like uncomfortable situations and all this other stuff and as a result, John Lasseter has taken six six month leave of absence. He's since apologized. I wake up every day. I look at Twitter and see what's trending. And if mm-hmm. I see a name that I recognize, I check to see if that person has died or if that person has been accused of misconduct of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that it's come to that point. Because mm-hmm. it's been like this for like at least a good month at Mm -hmm. least it's been that way kind of since the end of the summer since like september yeah it's been like that Mm -hmm. but like recently it's it's like because women are getting more confident they're able to yeah they're able to finally yeah they're finally able to come out Mm -hmm. and say hey this happened to me we need Mm something like we need justice you know kind of thing yeah like everybody's on notice now Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i like it too i just hate that it's it's gotten to this scale yeah, like it's it's devastating. Like there's John Lasseter, um, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, who is the showrunner of The Flash, just got fired. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. t- yesterday. I read that, mm-hmm. and it's just like, man, what is what, what's wrong with people? Jeez, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We just wanted to mention that that you know it we're we're crushed, like we're hurt because you know we love these films. And we love, like, what John Lasseter has done with his films. But mm-hmm. come on, dude. This is not okay. I read a really interesting article in the New York Times about 
It was about whether or not art should be judged to the same standard as the people who created it. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, HBO took off all of Louis C.K.'s past specials and anything, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. just completely got rid of them, yep. got rid of him from their presence. Mm-hmm. And more things like that are starting to happen. And and so the example they used was Alfred Hitchcock. Like, he was known for being a womanizer. And so is it fair or just to block his body of work because of how fucked up he was? Right. And that's, I, I feel like it's a gray area, but I do think there are so many people who put... Like, this is their life's work. Toy Story was not made by just John Lasseter. And so I right. think it's it's okay for us to say we do not condone this behavior. We, I greatly de- disrespect John Lasseter for... His actions. For his actions and also think that he should be... Uh, that all of these people should be held accountable for their actions, mm-hmm. um, whether that be legally or whatever but I don't necessarily mean that I don't necessarily think that their bodies of work should be banished or taken away from audiences some of the podcasts that I listen to uh like um freaking Hollywood Babylon and um Collider it's kind of an argument or like a double-edged sword of Yes, these people did horrible things, you know, to people, like to, you know, other human beings and stuff like that, but their art is really good. So we don't want to take away from the art, you know, like we don't want to stop watching Toy Story because of this dude's actions. But at the same time, they're Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to keep up. It's hard to keep, um, like, I guess the fandom or... Uh, with that because they know that the proceeds still go to that person so like that's mm-hmm. why it's really hard because they're like no we really want to love this art like we want like we want to keep watching it but we don't want to keep giving them money because they're terrible people mm-hmm. which is yeah it's and even that in itself of itself it's like ah, just this whole situation <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean looking at kevin spacey i i still think kevin spacey's performance in a bug's life see how those intersect yeah is still a great performance right so segue into our next story uh around the same time that that story came out rashida jones uh, has left her work on toy story 4 she was her and her partner i believe josh mccormick were writing toy story 4 and they've since left and people thought Mm -hmm. that it was because of john lassiter's misconduct allegations she's since come out and said that that is not why she she and josh left it's because they had creatively and more importantly philosophical differences on the way pixar does business and they were specific in saying that because of pixar's lack of diversity and Mm. you know their directors and their filmmakers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they just didn't see eye to eye and they said the lack of women and the lack of people of color and i looked at the research they've only had one female director of color she was a co-director that's brenda chapman on brave Mm -hmm. and they've only had one director of color who is adrian molina who co-directed coco which we're about to talk about right and out of you know, 20 films, including 
Toy Story 2 and Incredibles 2, which have yet to come out. That's two people in 20 films. Toy Story 2? Sorry, Toy Story Story 4. 4. Yeah, Toy Story 4. There's only two out of those 20 films. That's kind of, that doesn't leave a lot of, you know, that's not a lot of representation yeah that's not a lot of representation Mm -hmm. and i as much as i like rashida jones was the only person if you don't know who rashida jones is she was in um the social network she played one of uh mark zuckerberg's lawyers Mm -hmm. um she was rumored to be the wasp for a while Mm. in the mcu before evangeline lily got cast Mm -hmm. but rashida jones was like, I like her work, and she was the only thing that made me even close to interested in seeing Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. and unless they get, you know, someone of that caliber, I have little hope for Toy Story 4. Yeah. Dang. Hmm. Any thoughts on that, guys? No, I was just looking at the movies that she's been in. Mm-hmm. What else has she been in? Parks and Rec. Wait, is who? What's her name? Is I she one know. of the main ones? Yes. Uh, and uh, Donna. I know it's not Leslie. Um, hang on. April. Oh, I wonder if she was um, Aziz and Zari's uh, girlfriend. No, she's Anne. She's Anne? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Anne. Yay. I was also wrong. Uh, it's not Josh McCormick. It's Will McCormick. Josh Cooley is the co-director. He was co-directing with John, A- John Lasseter. But we had talked about it on a previous episode that John Lasseter had stepped away from working on Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. months ago. And the last piece of news we have to talk about is much more happy news. Yay. They finally released a trailer for, a teaser trailer for Incredibles 2. Yes. Mm-hmm. So excited. Jack Jack is adorable. not much to it, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's literally just a baby and Bob being like, you're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yay. The baby exploding Just, in yeah. various yeah. ways. <laughs> I still think his powers are going to be the periodic table. I think he's just going to be every element ever. Hmm. I think I that's a lot. His powers are going to be. I think it probably has something to do with, like, when you're a wizard, you kind of have all of these different, like, magical things that can happen that you don't have control of. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that for a mutant or for maybe not a mutant, but for a superhero that super. your body's trying to figure out what it's actually going to be mm-hmm. super at. Oh, so you think like his body's kind of going through like a transitional transitional stage of like, what yeah, are we like going to settle on? You know? He'll probably settle on either laser beam eyes or like fireballs or something like that. But Or phasing through walls. Like he, the way he gets into the trailer is that he comes through the the screen. Yeah, like the, he comes through the wall. Oh, I wonder. Oh, I wonder what powers he's gonna have. No, I'm really. Curious. I think they can clear this uh, the whole mystery up in like one line. Like when Jack, when Dash was born, he had all these powers too before he dis- before his body settled on running fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all I go like through this. Have, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're going to have, like, a doctor person on the same level as Edna Mode. Be like, uh-huh. Bob, when your kids were born, they had the same issue. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like it's going to be cleared up in, like, a line or two. Yeah. Of what's going on with Jack-Jack's powers. <laughs> or he'll end up being the most powerful super, super ever because nobody's Maybe. ever had more than one power before. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Also, I loved that Bob was like, yeah, baby! And he was talking to a baby. <laughs> to a baby. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Uh, is that all the news? Anything else I that I so. missed? Um, I mean, there was Mulan, but... We can save Mulan. Yeah, we can and save Mulan for later. We'll we... talk about Mulan, and we'll talk about the Lion King casting for next episode. Because yeah. believe me, we're going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, that's all our news. From here on in... Blanket spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Coco, please go see it. Spoiler. Spoiler. Spoilers. All the spoilers. Spoiler After you see Coco, come back, listen to us, talk about this film. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, spoiler alert. Before we actually get to Coco, we are going to talk about the unfortunate short air quotes Quote, around unquote. short oh my god olaf's frozen adventure mini feature film yes yeah just tv tv why? show 21 and a half minutes long by the way i counted i put on my timer and for those of you who are fans <sighs> of heather's rants against frozen here is a uh, part three so obviously it was too long. I started my timer because I had seen on the internet that it was like way too long. Also, we're calling it a schlong because it is short and also long. <laughs> I forgot we decided that. That's brilliant. So uh, Frozen's schlong. Really, it's Coco schlong because it's the short it before is, the... Yeah, it's Coco schlong that's about Frozen. Also, Coco's a woman, so... Coco is a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Heather, what did you think? It's just super not necessary. There were six songs. There were six songs. There are so many songs. There are so many. I could have gone without any of them. Like, like we didn't have to have songs. And the fact... Oh, gosh. I can't... I'm not even going to be able to organize my freaking thoughts. I have some thoughts. Go for it. You'll help me organize. I love it. It kept... It kept going. Like, it was really in three acts. And each mm-hmm. act could have been the end of, like, you got the first act where you're ringing the Yule Tide bell. Right. And that's a whole thing. And they're going to host a feast. That could have been one short. Olaf going to collect Christmas mm-hmm. traditions I thought was very cute. I actually really enjoyed that part. I did, too. It was super inclusive because he, like, yeah. I don't think they even once said Christmas, which was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. He just kind of kept saying Christmas. He said Christmas. Ha- he, he said he, Christmas. He does, I think it was like yeah. Christmas, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it but happy Jolly yeah. Mary. Like, he, he yeah. really, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah. Like, it yeah. was very inclusive. Mm-hmm. It was say Kwanzaa whatever. because there aren't black people in Norway. Just say. Actually, one of my comments was, "Where are the? Well, I was like, where are the people of color? <laughs> there are no, there are, there are no people of color in Norway. Mm-hmm. I so I, I liked that he kind of explored all the different um, traditions, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what made it even better was that last night my parents and I did one of our few Christmas traditions. We put oh. up the Christmas tree and mm-hmm. watched Night Before Christmas together and skyped. So now I have my Christmas tree up. Watch Nightmare Before Christmas. It never fails. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Santa Claus has a sleigh and is doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I really like that part. And then Olaf gets lost with Sven. And that's mm-hmm. the whole third act. And so them getting lost and then kind of recovering and the whole town finding them is a whole different thing. And is cute, but... At the end of the day, it's not Elsa needed. and Anna interrupted all of these people's family traditions to find Olaf and then have a big mm-hmm. party anyway. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Why wouldn't you like, just the send them back home to do all their traditions that they wanted to do? Yeah. Pretty much everything Grace was saying. It's just, it's really not necessary, like, at all. Like, we don't need the six songs. It was really cute that he, like, whenever he was able to go around and, like, hang and, like, ask for different traditions and stuff. Because it was actually pretty cool. Because he's asking for traditions from, like, different, how they celebrate, basically, December and, like, and, like November and stuff. You know, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, the they're, like, yeah, the holidays. Like, they were, you know, he was able to kind of, like, get a culmination of all of those, which was really, really cool. I liked, I actually really liked how inclusive that was. I was missing people of color. I don't give a shit about where they are. I want some diversity yeah Yeah, like come on they're just like little things too so i think in like Kristoff's song he says something about nostrils and elsa's like nostrils and i was like bitch do you know what nostrils are <laughs> like are you kidding me? you know a lot of humor is still very funny to me and i thought sven was very funny and so i thought that played well mm-hmm. I, I liked when olaf uh knocked on one of the doors and like the kid answered and he was like hi i'm olaf and the kid interrupted him uh-huh let me finish, finish. and i like warm hugs <laughs> i love that part that's in the second yeah. act you know so it's yeah. like they could honestly they should have just stuck with that because the rest of it is just useless like i think i forgot they could have if he had not gotten Ugh. lost like if he just like went back they and didn't like, go up hey. to the mountain yeah if they just stayed in the mm-hmm. town and clicked all those things and then he brought all the things back and then they said, well, Olaf, we've got our tradition. It's you. Like, that would have been a perfect That would have been perfect. Yes. Yeah. But it then Olaf. Yeah. But then Olaf and Sven both end up going out of character by, like, a shit ton. Because Olaf is like, oh, I guess I'm useless now. And he's never sad. What the fuck? He's yeah. the optimist. Why is he suddenly sad? Yeah. And yeah. then Sven, yeah. he goes back to Kristoff. And he's acting all cartoony and all this other fucking bullshit. And I was like, that he was doesn't. But, he, but that's not I part of his character funny. at all. Yeah. Like. He yeah. is just a fucking, what is he, a moose? He's, He's a reindeer. reindeer. I can't even remember. I don't know. And in the first movie, that's all he was. He was that, and then he would, like, sing duets with freaking Kristoff, and that was it. He but wouldn't in sing. This he one, would, and, or he would try I, to eat Olaf's nose. That yeah. That was his shtick. Exactly. You know, but in this one, they actually, like, adjusted his form and stuff every once in a while so that whenever he was trying to, uh, like, describe that Olaf was in trouble... And he acted really cartoony, and I was like, what the fuck? I did appreciate the whole, like, the old yeller Scooby-Doo shtick that that was, because uh-huh. that's what that's what that was an homage to, because when um, Elsa and Anna understand him, that's, you know, the whole Timmy's in the well thing, mm-hmm. it's old yeller. That's what he was doing. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I just didn't like it that he was out of character. I think I'm the only person, I didn't hate it, but... I definitely didn't enjoy it all that much, mm-hmm. mostly because it was too long and I didn't expect it to be that long. I agree mm-hmm. with you guys that yeah. if they would have cut the whole Olaf is lost part, it would have been fine. I think they shouldn't have made this the short. The animation was good. I liked that the the main actors came back to do the voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This should have been longer and just put on TV. Yeah. Because you know that's what they're going to do next year. Yeah, it should they're have been like Bell's Magical Christmas or whatever the fuck that was. That's what yeah. it should have been. This should have been like a DVD feature for mm-hmm. the Coco DVD or for the special edition of Frozen right before Frozen 2 comes out. Yeah. But you know, next year they're going to put this on TV. It's going to play ad nauseum. They are. And Because it's 21 and a half minutes long with commercials. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. I walked in and mm. I was not expecting a frozen TV. 
episode. Mm-hmm. Get that shit mm-hmm. away from me. I want my seven minutes. That's all you and get. And after, you know, 15 minutes of trailers, which that, it, there were a lot of trailers. There before were this. a lot of trailers. I was expecting just yeah. three, three or four, and then let's get this movie going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've heard I've heard a bunch of people talk about, like, the reason that Disney did, did this, because I don't think they had as much faith in Coco. Because mm-hmm. I know when the first trailer for this short came out like why does the short have a trailer exactly yeah. that was that should have been the first red flag yeah. putting this in front of coco i knew the game from then they were putting this in front of coco for people who weren't sure about coco hey you're not sure about coco come watch the short anyway Ugh. and i hate that because yeah it wasn't necessary my last comment it's not nearly as like steamed as the rest of it freaking elsa's voice who is she again? Adina Menzel. Thank you, Adina Menzel. Her voice was too overpowering in a lot of the songs. Since mm-hmm. they fucking had six of them, uh, a lot of them were more soft-spoken kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she she needed mm-hmm. to have, like, a softer voice for that. And not, like, her big, belty, just, like, chest voice. Blah, get it! You know, like, that's not, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not necess- like, it didn't fit the mood at all. And I was just like, yeah. like come on! <laughs> but... Yeah, that's pretty she much. She was using her "let it go" voice. Yeah, and that's not what they need, like at all, in yeah. that in that we part. Needed, we needed less Elsa and more Anna because Anna's voice. Anna's voice was it. perfect for all of it. Yeah. For like yeah. the mood of all of it, I was like, okay, I can mm-hmm. dig that. I don't like the fact that there are songs, but I say we keep the song at the beginning, keep Olaf's song when he's going around and getting all the traditions, mm-hmm. and then the song at the end because I actually like the song at the end. I don't even remember. That was the I only was too song mad. That I, that I uh, tolerated. <laughs> yeah, because by the time you get to the good song, it's like, let's end this already. Yeah, exactly. Heather, I'm going to mention it. Lines that you liked breaking and entering on Christmas. Okay. Yeah, no, the fact that <laughs> Olaf was like kind of making fun of Christmas like the whole time. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> there was that. There was. Take a um, tree's corpse and put candles on yes, it. Yes, that one was my favorite. And he was like, I love it. You know, it's just like. <laughs> that shit was really funny i actually really enjoyed that my absolute favorite line was at the beginning when Kristoff was talking about um the troll uh that like mushroom statue troll? and everything uh-huh. yes mm-hmm. the mushroom troll and olaf leans over to anna and was like you're a princess you don't have to settle yeah that was, was like, pretty oh my good gosh too. i love that part when the sled fell down uh the cliff or whatever and they waited for the impact, and then they the waited for the, up. and then they waited for the second explosion. I was like, okay, uh-huh. that's just kind of a gimme. Like, keep doing like the sh- like the shorter quips from earlier, and that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, don't make the situation for him. You know. Mm-hmm. Last thing that I would want to want to mention is uh, this short plot point where Elsa says, "We don't have a Christmas tradition because of me." Mm-hmm. I kind of hope since they're doing Frozen two. One thing, two things I want from Frozen 2. One of two things. Mm-hmm. Either someone to someone else with powers to challenge Elsa because her whole self esteem thing mm-hmm. is going to get old. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you have an entire movie about that, it's going to get old because that's basically what the first movie was. And yeah. then the second thing is if they're going to do that, like her, you, we don't have something because I was locked in my room for forever. That if that's going to be part mm. of it, don't make it be the whole movie. Yeah, like make it something in the beginning that she quickly quickly gets over, and then you move on. Yeah, yeah. Because they've had this short, and they've had the other one where uh, they're planning for Kristoff's birthday, which I actually haven't seen it. I don't even mm. know that there that that even existed. Why I are there? Yeah. Why are there two it's frozen shorter. shorts? 
It's shorter because Frozen was the biggest thing since wow. sliced bread. And now that they they have an actual universe, I don't want them to keep going back to the same things that they've already used mm-hmm. for the movie. Do yeah. something new. The other thing I was going to mention, it's actually a plus. Um, I do like the callbacks that they kept having for, for for the first Frozen movie. Anna, in their first song, kept saying, um, kept for saying, yeah, for the first time in forever. Um, they kept the knock. Uh, Olaf did. Do you want to build a snowman? Yeah, Olaf kept the knock. That was cute. Um, there were a couple other things, and I can't remember the, the wander, the Oaken Trader with them in the sauna. Uh-huh. Yeah, him also. I loved that they were like, it's the last one. It's going to be the best tradition yet. And it's with the gay family. What up? <laughs> I was so happy. Wait, why are they gay? How do you know? What? I don't know if it's like a theory or like an actual confirmed thing. But in the first Frozen movie, uh, whenever they actually go and visit him, they're like, they. it's not like, are you alone in here or anything? But he's like, oh, yeah, no, my family's in the back. And there's like not a wife type figure. It's like an older man and then like and then like three kids. Or something mm-hmm. like that. And so everyone was just like, holy shit, he's gay. That was so subtle and I loved it. <laughs> okay. I've just stuck with that because I'm like, thank God. <laughs> it's a subtle thing that uh, it's a subtle thing that people jumped on that nobody's confirmed and have made it canon. Yes. Yeah. So that's because Disney that's knows better was. than to mm-hmm. come right out and make subtext text. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you get the uh, Beauty and the Beast treatment. Yeah. Where apparently he wasn't gay enough. Oh. Quote unquote. Okay. Sorry, everyone, if that wasn't as like Heather ranty as it probably could have been, but I was so angry that I couldn't actually figure out my thoughts. So she was thank... so angry that she couldn't speak straight. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, Grace and Tori. Now that we are done with that shenanigans, distraction. Yeah, shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Coco. Initial reactions. Beautiful. So gorgeous. Absolutely. Holy color palette. Yeah. Yes. And detail and... Mm-hmm. This is now the most colorful Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Um, Absolutely. And they had like layers on layers on layers, right? Because like at the beginning they were like, hey, here's showed, how we designed uh-huh. everything. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. So that was really cool. So crazy detail, crazy beautiful color palette. Coco's wrinkles at the very beginning, I yes. was stunned. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. insane. Just incredibly, we're getting to the point where things are becoming so realistic. I thought this did a very good job of creating that detail. Like, her wrinkles were so detailed and realistic, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. still looked like animation, and I want it to still look like animation. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so this this walked that line very well, I thought. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think it... I think when we talk about the advancements that animation is making, a lot of times, like with Dinosaur or with The Good Dinosaur, we talk about the landscapes and how they're, they seem like they could be a picture of a landscape in our world. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's something I don't necessarily like. But I think what I do like is when something's animated so well and with such detail and color that it seems like it could be a realistic universe. Yeah, that you, like, recognize, mm-hmm. like, yes, That's, that is on yeah. people, but also this is, like, cartoon. It's, yeah. yeah. And this, I think this did that very well. The other, so Coco's wrinkles 
the bridge scenes, the way that the leaves, um, the leaves just glowed. Yes. Like, how do you get something to glow? And 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 then mm-hmm. the dead people, how they were glowing. Um, yeah, and it wasn't just the fact that like they all glowed and stuff like that. It it was like individual leaves. You could watch. You could watch in all yeah, of the individual how... leaves glow how they all interact at different with times. each other uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. like it wasn't just like mm-hmm. he his foot stepped it's here and glowed. now it is glowing yeah. under his foot like it was it was super cool the scene that i liked was when miguel is up in the uh i guess the attic or what his little shrine area watching yeah. tv mm-hmm. and playing guitar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that scene was i think Wally. probably it had so much texture to it like if you look mm-hmm. at his face it looks like, you know, if you're watching somebody on TV, it's different than watching somebody in, you know, in real life. It right. looked like halfway between, you know, I, I felt like I was watching somebody's real face because you could see mm-hmm. the, you know, the texture on his skin, mm-hmm. his hair, his eyebrows, his shirt. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. Pixar, Pixar has, you know, with with car with we didn't get a Pixar movie last year. We've gotten two this year. They've been working. I feel like they've been working on mm-hmm. clothes. Mm-hmm. They've been working on texture yeah. for clothes. Something that I appreciate, if you've listened to me, when somebody's playing a musical instrument, I appreciate that it looks like yes. they're actually playing, playing a musical yes. instrument. Oh my gosh, yes. That was so So when so he does good. a pitch bend and he bends the string, like it, everything yeah. looked accurate. And like the hand positions and like even, even on the neck of the guitar, like where he was yes. at and like the octave that it was playing, I was like, thank God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was one camera pan when they like first get to uh, what's his face a statue. Mm-hmm. It was just like one continuous just pan like from like the front of the statue to uh, facing over uh, facing over the hat down mm-hmm. onto Miguel. If that was a real movie, it would have been it, that would have been just like one continuous shot with a you know with the camera moving moving one way to another. And I was like, mm-hmm. that is super cool that they were able to do that in animation. Like it's probably I don't I don't know if that's that hard, but like that like that caught my eye and I was just like that camera pan, holy shit. Like that was cool mm-hmm. as fuck. Also, uh when I was about to interrupt Tori by accident because I'm actually rude. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was talking about the texture of the shirt and stuff like that and I was thinking because Disney and Pixar, I'm assuming they share animation stuff since they both work together. Yeah, they share tech. They basically share tech. Yeah, with Disney with Moana they were able to do all the texture and stuff with her hair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they were able to do that with, with, uh, with Coco also, and then apply it and then like figure their own stuff out. Like with, you know, with the clothes and stuff like that, the shoes looked so good. Like whenever mm-hmm. they were first like showing like the buffing of the shoes and like the sewing of the shoes, mm-hmm. there were like crinkles in yeah. the material and stuff. And I was like, that is so cool to look at. When I'm talking about textures in a shirt, if you ever look at any kind of like, cotton fabric you can see like the little hairs like i'm looking at peek inside the studio my my pop filter is a sock on top of my microphone and i'm looking <laughs> at the sock and you can see the little like little hairs, hairs. yeah coming filaments. off yeah. the mm-hmm. yeah the filaments coming off the sock and when they when the, during that scene that i was talking about when you get in close on miguel's clothes you can see that in his shirt like miguel the wife the tank top that he's wearing I wear mm-hmm. that same kind of tank top because I can tell 
with the fixtures and the the pattern like the imprint mm-hmm. the imprints on the shirt going back to incredibles 2 really quick with that with bob holding jack jack yeah yeah uh-huh. there's like there's a picture going around on the internet with a zoomed in picture there's like the picture of him holding jack jack on top and then on the bottom of it it's zoomed in on bob's shirt his shirt and it's and, and it's his, doing the same and, thing like you can see the little fuzzies and stuff like that yeah, and, it's, and then his his arm hair yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so it, it's really cool that like we can see that they've been working on that, but also we don't have to wait for Incredibles two to see that. We already see it in Coco, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, woo, going off of animation and onto language. Super glad they were switching back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like half the movies in Spanish. Yeah, like I know, but like I'm really glad that <laughs> I'm I. I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying I'm saying that like I'm glad that they didn't stick to stuff that like any just like general English speaker would know. Like, they had little quips and phrases that they would say to get their attention that I'm sure that they took from, like, their own family experiences and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't... It was was cool that I couldn't understand everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm glad I wasn't able to understand everything. I had to look up. uh, He... uh, Hector uh, kept calling it... Kept calling Miguel uh, Chamaco. Yeah. Which is... It means kid. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Any any older person that has a kid sidekick, you're going to call him kid. Like, Wolverine is Mm -hmm. going to call... You know, X twenty three or Rogue yeah. Kid, right? And it's this. And when, when I figured out that's what it means, I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 like it's uh, cool like that, that like this movie's gonna make us look up terminology and stuff and actually kind of try mm-hmm. to learn at least this. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So that was really legit, and I loved it. So uh, we already talked about like stuff that we like and love. Is there anything that you didn't like? I thought this storyline it had some similarities to movies like brave or like frozen Mm -hmm. where there were there were maybe one or two too many turns i love the idea of exploring day of the dead and miguel crossing over and i loved all of the scenes with his family i thought that was very cool and how they all knew who he was and Mm -hmm. were really welcoming and like, I don't know that you needed to mislead him to think so-and-so was his father when really it was this guy. Or, I I don't know. I I felt like it was, the story just could have been a little more direct and it, it would have benefited from it. Mm-hmm. There's I, lots of back and forth trying to, I need to get here. No, I need to get here. No, I need to get here. Right, yeah. I need yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you maybe would have cut out one of those steps, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, it would have it would have bridged it bit. just a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I thought it took us a while to get to the other side, which I didn't mind. I was mm-hmm. kind of like waiting. I was like, I want to see the dead people. Like, I want to get to that world. Yeah, but I thought they laid good groundwork for how important that day is especially to his grandmother how meaningful that day was and how sacred it is and protective Mm -hmm. she was and so i think it's it's a good thing that they took the time to get him to that world and then he was only there for a couple minutes and he pops back into our world right yeah Yeah. and i and i wasn't expecting that and i was like oh that's kind of that's cool that's that's a great idea that's very well done and then he pops and then he pops right back because he's like i'm gonna do music and they're like two seconds (laughs) yeah i i actually kind of liked the twist at the end Mm-hmm. When you like when you find out that he's actually not his dad and stuff like that, I I liked the way they did that, but I could also see it coming 
Like I started guessing it whenever they were like hanging out. It, it was when he would say subtle things like, you know, it sucked to like leave my hometown. And then Miguel was like, and your family. And he was like, uh, yes. Uh-huh. I yeah. was like, not his dad. Okay, cool. And then like, yeah. And then like yeah. the telling of the murder and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. In uh-huh. my opinion. I, I did think that was like the whole reveal of it all. Yes. Yeah. The reveal of it all yeah. was really, really cool. And uh, also it was lime green. So <laughs> like he turned around and said his and said his uh, his like main motto, which I can't for the life of me remember that. Seize your moment. Yeah, he he says seize your moment. Seize your and moment. He and he was like, I would do anything. And he's like, to seize my moment. And it's like lime green in his face everywhere. Oh, like, man. Oh, yeah. And I'm like in all caps. And of course, with five million eyes, I was like, it's lime. <laughs> <laughs> How there's a lime green police over here. Yes. I was like, he's evil. We all have our things. I thought it was interesting. I can't think of another Disney movie or another Pixar movie. Maybe Cars. Where we talk about this covers breaking and entering, alcohol consumption. Yep. Yes, Mm -hmm. I wrote that down too. Murder. All of these really adult ideas so obviously we are coming at this from a very culturally intentional thought process like this is i think this is the first disney movie with a mexican lead lead is that right yeah i I know it's the first pixar movie with a mexican protagonist i mean it might be the first disney movie because i don't know how much we count the emperor's new groove because that takes place in in like it's pre-Mexico, but it's in the the in area like that. that would become Mexico or Central mm-hmm. America. Yeah, this one's like very like obviously. Hey, this is this is from Mexico. This yeah. is Mexican this culture. Is, this is Mexico. Yeah, and so I it, my very my first thought was, okay, he's breaking into this tomb, and he doesn't really need to. Um, like, is are we going to? What does this say? Is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing? Is this something that, like, realistically, I don't care about? Mm-hmm. Um, but is this something to point a finger and say, mm, would you do that if it was a white person? And I don't know. I don't know that it, I don't know if that's being no, I, overly I sensitive to, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. My biggest thing is that, like, I, I've thought about it earlier, like way after I saw the movie. Like this is the first, this is definitely the first Pixar movie that shows drinking. Like it's mm-hmm. not played for a joke. Like this character, this character mm-hmm. is, you know, drunk for a joke. Like they take a shot. Like it's out of respect. It's a respectful. Yeah. Scene. Mm-hmm. They are intentionally like this is this is a bottle of something, and they yeah. take a shot. And mm-hmm. it's like, I've, I can't think of anything like yeah. that. That's and they actually had a shot of the bottle too. Yeah, it was very yeah. intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like whenever he came and like picked it up and stuff, and yeah, yeah. On that scene, while we're while we're there, that scene is when I realized that Hector is important to Miguel somehow. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't know how. Like, mm-hmm. when did you guys figure out that Hector was going to be super important and not just you know his guide? He can play guitar. Yeah. Like, he knows a lot about being a musician. I was thinking he was going to be either his an uncle that he didn't know about or 
De La Cruz was actually his grandfather and uh, Hector was going to be like a brother. Yeah. Um, But like at that point, I'm like, he is related to Miguel somehow. See, and the thing that threw me off the most with with like them two being family and like probably why I didn't catch on for so long, because I don't think I caught on. Like I knew he was going to be important with the whole when at that same scene i knew he was going to be important and i knew he was going to be his guide at the beginning of well, yeah you know because because they went and took his picture yeah. and gave him so much screen time i was like mm-hmm. okay but yeah no like i don't think i knew he was part of the family until way later for me the block like i thought about it at one point like oh well it could be this guy but the build of the guy in the picture yeah 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 his like super not, broad shoulders it's and super shit. and yeah. like of course when you're wearing <laughs> The mariachi uniform, like, it's meant to be broadening. It, it yeah. is very, pretty, but... Yeah. I think they have, like, shoulder pads. But for me, that was, like, no, he's not the right body type. Let's move along. It's got to be the other guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cheat. Because in, the, yeah. in the, all the other flashbacks, when he was dressed like that, he looked slimmer uh-huh. than in the picture. And I was like, ah, Pixar, you kind of cheated on that one. At least in make size, him and De La Cruz look, look closer together in size if you're going to do that. Yeah. Picture. Pictures add 10 I'm pounds. fine with the reveal, though. Something with the reveal that I noticed, I have two instances. When right before he runs off, he asks, uh, Miguel asks Grandma Coco if that is her father. Mm-hmm. He never straight up asks, A, is that De La Cruz in the photo? Or was De La Cruz your father? He never mm-hmm. uses like yeah. names. Mm-hmm. She says, that's Papa. She never says who Papa is. Yeah. Later on, when Miguel is talking to De La Cruz... He never uses names. Like, he never says Coco. He never says Imelda. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use any any proper names so that De La Cruz can say, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then Hector doesn't even use names. He's like, I want to see my, I just wanted to see my girl. Yeah. He never says, I wanted to see my girl Coco. Or he never he never says, I wanted to see Imelda. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's you know, little little things like that in the dialogue that keep the mystery rolling. Yeah. So that you, the reveal at the end mm-hmm. is a little bit greater. Yeah, because like you clue in, like after, because after a while he's like, I just need to get back. I just need to get back because he's starting, he's starting to be forgotten and stuff, right? And then that's mm-hmm. when he starts getting like more and more detail. The closer they get to Dela Cruz, he's like, I need to get back. I need to get back to see my family. They're gonna forget me. She's going to forget me. My daughter is going to forget me. I need to see my daughter. I just wanted to see her one more time. And then they're finally in that hole with water, that oasis, whatever. You know, it's a crevice, it's a crevasse. The, that's when Sonoti? is that a Sonoti? Is it what a Sonoti? I don't know what that is, but I like it. <laughs> a Sonoti is a natural pit or sinkhole resulting from a collapse of limestone bedrock that exposes groundwater underneath. Oop, then that sounds exactly Checks like out. what that is. Yeah, <laughs> get it, Grace. Get it. But then, but yeah, like it, there was a really nice buildup, you know, to. I just wanted to see Coco again. And then it was like, I wanted Coco to see me. And I was like, mm-hmm. it got so dusty. <laughs> let's keep, let's keep rolling. When did you cry? When I was didn't your cry, cry moment? I didn't cry, but I teared up. I teared up when, um, went cause I'm soulless and I have no emotions. Um, but... <laughs> I didn't cry either. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> she, uh, Mainly when he was like, I just wanted to see my baby girl again. There was that one. And then uh, whenever she whenever she started forgetting and Miguel started crying. 
And he was like, no, you have to remember who's your dad, who's your dad. And then whenever he was singing Remember Me to her, because by mm-hmm. the way, that's a music therapy type of treatment. Trick. Uh-huh. I saw I saw that moment and was thinking, yeah. this is music therapy. Like someone needs to be focusing on this Absolutely. in some way outside of the movie. Yes. And I'm so glad they brought that to, like, to everyone's attention because like they're trying because I'm pretty sure the music therapy world is trying to they're fighting they're not like fighting for their rights but they're kind of fighting for their rights they're basically trying to say that this is a legitimate treatment that they're trying to help and like i you know i saw it with my grandma when she had alzheimer's and stuff like they're able to bring because with alzheimer's which i'm which i'm assuming is what coco ended up having i think so yeah yeah or dementia yeah but i know like i know with alzheimer's um it's 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 short-term memories that go first and it's the long-term memories that you remember the most so there's always like there's um there's like a couple of youtube videos going around of like yeah we were playing music from like when he like when they were growing up and then they finally started interacting with people and dancing around rather than just kind of sitting there and looking and looking like a potato pretty much and that's exactly what coco was doing and then he sang remember me to her and then she started joining in and i almost mm-hmm. lost my mind because <laughs> i was just like yes <laughs> that was this, that was, it was so i don't good. cry <sighs> i don't cry but i i have like a pavlovian response so where i i start getting that lump in my throat i actively start yes. thinking don't you cry on me <laughs> exactly yeah that's pretty much what lump. happened. It was like it was like tearing up, and then like my throat started hurting because I, you know, like holding mm-hmm. it back because again, soulless can't have emotions apparently. I don't know, Same. but <laughs> you know, it's just stuff like that, and I was just like. <clears throat> my other near cry moment was the like the whole the song that closes the film, and just showing how like how inter- how music has been integrated into their family now, yes. and how happy everybody is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was like oh. Yeah. Oh, I love this song. Like, even when I listen to the soundtrack now, yeah. and of course I went and th- downloaded the soundtrack when I left like the Like, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the song, uh, I think it's Proud Corazon. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah, that, that song so gets me, good. man. Grace, when was your cry moment? Near cry moment? I don't know that I had one. Um, I really don't know that I had one. I definitely had the same kind of reaction, like, this is a total music therapy moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was very cool. But I don't... No, that there was ever a moment that I was like really like starting to choke shook. up. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I am heartless and cold. <laughs> we're all the same. It's okay. That's why we're doing this show. Mm-hmm. We're all alike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, just to clarify, there's a broad spectrum of different types of treatment that music therapy can do. That's um, that can either be interactive or just listening or just all sorts of different kinds of things. I just wanted to say that now so that people that are listening to this they can actually go out and like hopefully go research it to see like what all it actually entails and stuff like that because just listening back to you know a song and stuff like that that's not all that music like that's like the bare minimum of music therapy it goes so much deeper and it can and like if you do just a little bit of research you can actually like look into it and like look into how it helps and stuff like that so it's it's a very big world and they scratched the surface and it was just enough for being grace to freak the fuck out favorite character standout characters who was uh who'd you guys like the man i know mine if you guys want to marinate on it for a while okay i'll i'll say this at least i loved his uh great great what great grandma coco's daughter no coco's mom oh imelda yes yeah i like i liked her spirit animal it was the most aggressive thing and i was like yeah i was like yep that suits her like because everyone was afraid (laughs) 
<laughs> Yo, I kind of want that to be like a villain in. Uh, I want a Coco world in Kingdom Hearts three now, and I want like her spirit animal to be a corrupted heartless. Yes! And you got to take that sucker down. Holy mm-hmm. shit! Oh my yes. gosh, that would be so dope. That would be the Bi- best. Game nerd rant over. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that. You I was like, wow, that's a bit excessive for a spirit <laughs> animal. <laughs> like it has yeah. horns and wings, and it's a giant panther. I thought Whoa. it. I thought it was perfect for her, just because of how everyone had been like describing her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But who were your favorites? I really enjoyed the ensemble family, the of of the dead, not of the living. The living yeah. was they didn't really get that much screen time anyway. Yeah. yeah, I loved that he ran into his aunt. I think Tia Rosita. Yes, mm-hmm. and. All of his family knew who he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of his dead family knew who he was and was so excited to see him. And then also really confused. But yeah. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. And I like Imelda a lot. Um, I thought her, I thought the way that she was portrayed was a good balance of how the story was kind of set up at the very beginning through all mm-hmm. of the pictography. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Which I like, thought was great. Yeah, yeah. A, a very cool narration. way to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought it her performance did a good job of kind of balancing like the extreme of there's no music at all that her grandmother or that Miguel's grandmother was all about, like was super strict about. Yeah. Um, but it it made Imelda human and and relatable and. And that she did love music and she had this beautiful singing voice. When she first started singing, I can totally see what you're talking about. Like everyone, mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. like lets you take a step back. And like she explains, you know, she's like, mm-hmm. we we were, we both lost something that day. She lost mm-hmm. her music or love for music, I guess, because her love for music went was like with Hector. And he mm-hmm. lost his family. And so it was like, whoa, that's really like understanding and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. My favorite character was uh, his abuelita because... At the beginning, I've met a couple of Mexican grandmas, and I know a lot of uh, African-American grandmas. They're kind of the same. <laughs> and that's exactly what that was. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. You need to eat more. No, I'm not hungry. What did you just say? What did you just say? Actually, <laughs> give me some more food. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. And the whole, the whole, shoe, the whole thing with the shoe. And fucking like, throwing it. Beat- and then she's like, now go get my shoe. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was that was my yes. favorite line. Yep. Now go get my shoe. Because that's that's how it is. Like if, it is. if a if a grandmother uh, throws something at you, she's going to make you pick it up. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. No, one of my best friends, uh, her mom, it was it was the ladle. It was a ladle mm-hmm. with the friends and probably just anything that she could fucking reach for her kids. But it was ma- she always went to the ladle. And, like, I remember I got hit a couple of times because I was chewing on, like, Jolly Ranchers. And she was like, it's bad for your teeth. And I was like, so? And then she was like, <laughs> just right on my yeah. head. And I was like, yeah, oh, God, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so quick piece of trivia. Perfect. <laughs> Originally, she was going to have a wooden spoon. Like, she was going to threaten yes. the mariachi with a wooden spoon. <laughs> But they had a lot of cultural consultants on this film, and they said, yes. no, make mm-hmm. it a shoe because it's more authentic. Like, that yes. that's what an abuelita would do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was perfect because, like, I've, I've had those, like, grandma takes off a shoe and is like, like, she's reaching for the shoe, and you immediately straighten uh-huh. up because you, uh-huh. you don't want to get hit with the shoe. Yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, that gave me... <laughs> That whole scene gave me flashbacks. So. <laughs> and then I loved uh, Frida 
Uh-huh. All of the Frida Kahlo. Yes. Oh, that was so funny. Also me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're climbing a giant cactus. Also me. What the fuck? Yes. I was hoping they would have uh, Salma Hayek do the voice mm-hmm. because A, Salma Hayek is Mexican. She's from Mexico. But I like mm-hmm. that her voice, Heather, you know, uh, Yo-Yo from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Yes, 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 yeah. What is her name? I had her name up. Where is it? Natalia Cordova Buckley. Natalia yes. Cordova. Yeah, she's Yo-Yo from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was the voice of Frida. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. That's perfect. Yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's so cool. <laughs> and while I'm throwing out cast trivia, all of the cast is of Mexican or Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. And they, I believe they all did or can do... I think they all did the... English and Spanish translations for the film. Oh, that'd be awesome. Speaking of the influences, uh, at the very end, I don't know if y'all stayed to the end of the credits. I don't know if it was at the very, very end of the credits or just like at the end of the movie. Pretty sure it was at the end of the credits because I was the only bitch that was left in that theater because I wanted to see like if they did like what they did at the end of Aladdin with Genie. Mm -hmm. But they had a uh, memorial at the end. Aww. It was uh, to the people oh, yeah. who inspired us. I think is what I think is what it said, and it was just and it was and then it like was like a collage of like their pictures, and I was just like that is so fucking cool. I'm so glad they did that. Aww. Yeah. yeah it Man, was awesome. I stayed like halfway through the credits, and I was like, okay, I don't think anything's gonna happen. So then I left. Sorry. Damn. Yeah, I left. I left too. I left both times. You've seen it twice. <laughs> yeah, because okay, I guess it's a good time to get into it. I saw uh, I saw this in 2D, and I saw it today. We're recording this on a Thursday. I yes. saw this in 3D this morning, mm-hmm. and it's how was it? Uh, the, it was great. The again with animated movies, it's really the thing that 3D is good for is adding depth to the scene. Mm-hmm. things that i noticed the confetti on the day of the dead the mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. fireworks during the parties mm-hmm. anytime there were petals cascading it was just like yeah. it was just its own filter over the oh, scene so and it gave the film so much more depth. oh cool nice and of course the scene where he first sees the day of the dead on the other side sorry the land of the dead mm-hmm. on the other side of the bridge yeah. mm-hmm. of course that scene looked fantastic in 3d Mm-hmm. And then one thing that has nothing to do with the film that I noticed is the Pixar opening in 3D. You know, the regular Pixar opening, they just have... With Lexo? Know, yeah, with the lamp. Mm-hmm. They just have, you know, the word Pixar and the lamp comes in, bounces on the, the eye. But with this, they kind of did a pan. Like Pixar was in 3D and they did a pan to make it flat. And like when oh. they're panning, you see the the lamp hopping towards you. Oh, oh that's cool. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. And I hope they keep using that going forward because, I mean, they're about to have The Incredibles 2 is going to be their 20th film. So they need to kind of change it, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that would be, you know, even with the Marvel movies, they've changed the logo after so many films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be, I mean, it's subtle. But it's different. Like, I noticed yeah. that mm-hmm. it was different. It's updated. And then I like that they did the uh, mariachi arrangement of When You Wish Upon a Star uh-huh. for the Disney logo. Yes, I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I didn't like, now that I'm, like, remembering, why was Coco the only one, by the way, spoilers, she dies, at the very end, <laughs> why was she the only skeleton that still looked old? 
because the others died earlier. But did did so, yeah. did all of them die? Not all of them. There were definitely other. There were definitely people who like looked old in the in the world. But most of Coco's family died young. So Coco's dad mm-hmm. was poisoned. Um, De La Coco's Cruz. Grandfather was was poisoned. No, Coco. Coco's dad. Was no, poisoned. Coco's dad. Coco's dad. Oh, sorry. You're I thinking keep Coco that Miguel and Miguel. Miguel. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, no, you're good. That's confusing. So Coco's <laughs> dad was poisoned. De La Cruz had a bell dropped on him. But what about um, Hector's wife? Because well, I can never fucking remember her name. Imelda. Imelda? I don't know how she died. I think Imelda just died early. But she still had she time looked to show. She, still, to she show. still looked older. She looked older than like her picture. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think it just kind of depends... Hmm. It yeah. depended on how far into the because they were definitely older, like varying ages. Yeah. Because on the when they were walking over the bridge, there was there was a mother with her child, and I'm like, wait a minute, why is there a child in the land of the dead? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe Car she just died something. young. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. um, maybe she had tuberculosis or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? My main hiccup was I didn't see as many elderly as well, yeah like not as old as coco because she had like multiple generations after her that were still alive you know but like i and still that, didn't see too terribly many think, like even like his abuelita yeah i think that means i mean we learn later that when people when you're no longer remembered so depending people aren't gonna oh that's true stay for that long because you only have maybe three or yeah. four generations and everyone remembers to remember you yeah and everyone remembers Imelda? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Everyone remembers her because that was her story that passed down yeah. everything. So it's not only Coco's memory of her. Now it's because her story has been passed on and now Hector's story will mm-hmm. also be passed on. And that's how they remember their ancestors forever. Yeah. Um, okay. But the people that who... That makes so much sense. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Because <laughs> I was so, like, so the verdict, why the fuck? So the verdict is your age, your age in the land of the dead is dictated by what people remember your age as it's when you die i don't it's when you die Mm -hmm. but the older you are when you die oh boy so like say if you die when you're 70 so in the land of the dead you're 70 Mm -hmm. the people that are going to remember you well that kind of makes sense yeah because then some of the young because some of the younger people too would be forgotten a lot sooner too or it could just be the picture that's on the ofrenda. Yeah. Because Coco's picture on the ofrenda was her Is, old. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe, but what's her faces wasn't. Well, I, in my opinion, everyone else Imelda. looked pretty young. Yeah, Imelda's picture was younger, but Imelda in the Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead was older, but not too much older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. I have a theory in my head now, and it makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Cool." I think, I think that's a, I think that's just a head cannon thing. Yeah. Something that I, that we haven't really talked about is kind of how good the music is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this wasn't. This is Pixar's for. This isn't a musical. This isn't like you know Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Everybody's doing musical numbers. Right. I feel like this is just a movie with music in it because mm-hmm. there's no there aren't show stopping numbers where everybody in the audience knows the words and they know the dance number. Mm-hmm. This is just music is moving throughout the story. 
so I think this is really good as Pixar's first musical because I really don't want Pixar to do a you know a an animated Broadway musical because I feel like that's Disney's thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But I really like the way that music Pixar handled. Yes, how mm-hmm. the music is incorporated in this film. The score was done by Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it did a very good job of using mariachi partnered with traditional movie scoring, like Pixar mm-hmm. movie scoring. Yes, Giacchino, yeah. mm-hmm. what we're used to, and did a very good job of making that kind of approachable. Because I feel like sometimes yeah. it's not. Yeah. And and a similar way to sometimes countries not approachable yes. or sometimes yeah. raps not approachable mm-hmm. to people who mm-hmm. don't have exposure to it. And so I thought this did a really, really good job of paying homage to mariachi and really highlighting some of the beautiful, beautiful music, but then also making it not distracting. Like, it's not just mariachi, it's... There's mariachi, there's Tejano, there's the whole mm-hmm. genre of classical, or sorry, of classical Spanish guitar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's they such, were able to feature a lot of different kinds of genres, like, for that culture, which was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, just, just like uh, the, the culture, the musical influences in Princess and the Frog, it, it works with mm-hmm. this, too. There's so many... There's so many different genres within music that comes out of Mexico that they they really just picked in. It just really picked a little bit of everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Giacchino mm-hmm. worked with the Mexican Institute of Sound to do the soundtrack because I think Pixar wanted a uh, they wanted a Mexican composer, mm-hmm. but they still got Giacchino. And I think what Giacchino did a good job of doing is collaborating with you know other Mexican artists. And the Mexican Institute of T- Sound to do this score, and I've listened to it, and it's so it's so soothing, but it's still mm-hmm. a you know a movie score. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. he did a good job of bringing in some cultural elements as well. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think Such of a like a different of styles. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of a different word than culture, but that's really just like this this whole movie is just super cultural and stuff. And I like how it's. I feel like it's. It's doing for Mexican culture what Moana did for Polynesian culture, mm-hmm. and it's it's not pandering. It's just a good. It's a well told story using the culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we need way more of. Uh, one more musical thing, Heather. Did you like the uh, the Skrillex skeleton cameo? Where was that? One of the uh, contestants in the uh, oh yeah, the, I saw that. Yes, the De La Cruz yeah. contest. <laughs> he was he looked like he was basically Skrillex. Yeah, no, that was funny as fuck. I was just like, because <clears throat> like his music was kind yeah. of all over the place, and he just looked like really deadpan and just like was like walking around yeah. the stage and shit. And all he did was press a space bar. Sorry. No, no animosity there at all. Well, minor gripe. I was looking at the composers of Pixar movies. And it's really just, like, two people. It's really just Randy Newman and Michael Giacchino. Giacchino, yeah. And I love Michael Giacchino, and I kind of like Randy Newman. I really hope Pixar uh, gets more composers into their, you know, stable. I understand do what's familiar, but bringing in... It's the same thing with diversity. Bringing in new blood will do good things for the brand Mm -hmm. and something super scary i'm looking at uh getting into trivia stuff this is the last 
original full-length animated film we're getting from the Walt Disney Company for the rest of the decade. Jesus. Next year, we have The Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet, which Mm -hmm. are both sequels. There's a Disney Toon Studios project coming out in 2019 which i'm guessing is a probably a spinoff of something maybe it's another plane sequel Mm -hmm. or maybe they're doing a i don't know a zootopia low rent spinoff that i hope is not bad yeah and then there's toy story 4 in 2019 and then frozen 2 in 2019 Mm -hmm. wow so it's kind of scary that all these sequels are coming out, but I'm glad with, that we got this original story. Yeah. 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 Another musical thing, Robert Lopez and Christi- Kristen Anderson Lopez did some of the songs for this. And mm-hmm. they're the people that did uh, the songs for Frozen. But they didn't do songs for the short, which is funny. It's probably why they weren't as good. Because the short songs sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of the movies on the short list, but thinking about best animated feature next year, I think Coco is probably the runaway winner just mm-hmm. already. And I haven't seen there are a lot of movies I need to catch up on this year. I've been slacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I think Coco might be worthy of best picture. Mhm. What do you guys uh, think? I do not think so. You don't think so? No, I don't think I don't think the story is strong enough for it. I definitely think best animated feature, but I don't I don't know about best picture. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just super high on the film right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get to probably. go see it again with my mom sometime because I was like hyping it up to her. I was like, yeah, no, it's really good. They have like a whole bunch of like really cool like Spanish car, Spanish guitar. Wow, words are hard. Um, and she like just loves that. And so like I was telling her about that, and then like kind of like non-spoilery you know like Thanks. summary Goodness. of you know the movie and stuff and she was like oh i guess mm. i'm gonna have to go see that and i was like yep and you're going to take me with you and she was like oh, okay so see it after they take uh take the frozen short out yeah of theaters. i think she wants to so- i think she wants to see that because uh-huh. i was trying to like rant to her about it and uh she, and she was like no spoilers and i was like oh crap and so i told her like whenever we went to go see it or or whenever we go like go to see it like in the future <laughs> i was like i'm just gonna start my timer and then exit the theater until 21 minutes and then i'll be back <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go stand in line at the concession stand for no reason yeah. and then, then i'll come back yeah I'll, i'm gonna go pee for 21 minutes <laughs> i'll be back <laughs> She was like, okay. <laughs> I sent you the picture, Heather, because I, I sent Heather a picture of um, Cinemart. It's the, the, I know the yes. one by my by my apartment. They're taking, it's only going to be with the movie until December 10th. And then mm-hmm. they're taking the, the short away after that. Nobody likes this short. Yeah, no. A lot of people were like, who don't know about the short, would come out of the theater and say, are you guys showing the right movie? Like, when I got my ticket, uh-huh. the guy was like, just so you know, there's a 21-minute short before the movie. I'm like, I already know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I already know. There's a 21-minute schlong in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so long. I, know, I already know about the schlong, sir. Yeah. I already know. 
I am aware of the slow. They just like, like fucking look at you and like what? <laughs> <laughs> I am prepared to answer this question before we get to drunk Disney. Ooh. Where does Coco rank among the pantheon of Pixar films? Um. Okay, above all the Cars movies, above Up, below Wall-E, Finding Nemo, below Inside Out, above Brave, above Dory. I'd say this is neck and neck for incredible with Incredibles for me. Hmm. Okay, so what? Below Monsters University. We say top seven, top eight. Yeah, tier one for me. Let's see. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, Depending on the day, Two. mine are Toy Story, Wally, mm-hmm. The Incredibles, Inside Out, uh, Toy Story Three, Finding Nemo. I think I would put. I think Coco, this is eight for me. Eight. I think I would put fi- uh, Coco above Finding Nemo and Toy Story Three. So around six for me. What? Six or seven. Toy Story it's 3 really is story. in my top three right now. I cry every time. I know how it ends. Mm. And I cry yeah. every time. I mean, until I get to that moment, I'm just kind of... I like I like the furnace scene, and I like the twist with um, uh, Lotso. Also, this movie has another Pixar twist, because there are a lot of twists in Pixar. Yep. Really good Again, that. this twist Take- was better than the one in Frozen made more sense the way they the way they handled the situation that is how it's handled that and the way wreck it yeah. ralph did it yeah. i thought of some things for drunk disney grace yeah go for it i'll make any alterations i need to anytime somebody starts singing uh-huh anytime somebody says family or familia uh-huh oh crap and what was the other one okay anytime so... someone says the word skeleton ah that's number three uh, no that doesn't happen that often Say it a lot at the beginning. Okay, here's here's my thought. Anytime someone starts singing, can I add on? Anytime someone starts performing too. Yeah. Because there's a couple like of times when music. Yeah. Usually, typically, because sometimes Miguel like plays, but he doesn't sing along too. Like he, um, I don't think I don't think we hear him sing until that performance. What was the second one? Anytime somebody says family or familia. Family or familia. How about you take a shot with Hector? Might work. There are three shots in the movie where are the other two there are there's the one where hector takes it with the guy who gives him the guitar Mm -hmm. there's the one where you see hector get poisoned and then there's the one where it's reenacted in the movie Ooh, take three shots i love it cool so anytime someone takes a shot you take a shot anytime someone starts performing Mm -hmm. and anytime someone says family or familia Man, I really like that scene where Hector takes a shot because the Chicharron, that's his name, mm-hmm. who gives him the guitar, he doesn't drink it because mm-hmm. it's, it's a really, it's part of the scene where he takes it's it really and he sad. puts it down and the guy's drink is still there. That's just like a, oh man, mm-hmm. the, the, just the mood for that was just, oh, I feel bad. And I feel like everything before, like everything, they're always giving you information. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, like, the introduction of fading away and being forgotten. It's like, oh, no, ticking clock. Like, everything's mm-hmm. on a ticking clock. Yeah. Miguel has to get out of the land of the dead by sunrise. I thought Coco was dying, not that she was forgetting him. Mm-hmm. She was forgetting him because she was dying. Yeah. 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 
like oh no we have to get back to save coco not because not we have to get back to help coco remember hector yeah no. so i like that it was it was so hector could see her again yeah i like that she eventually dies but it was that had nothing to do with him being forgotten right that has i think that concludes our review of coco just in time for the dog so hooray yeah (laughs) shut up zero Jeez. i hope y'all liked the movie like as much as we did i hope you go see it soon absolutely we would love to hear about it comment let us know we're back from holiday break we're gonna try and get an episode out every week even through christmas I'm going to figure something out. So. I mean, I'm going to figure something out. I know I'm going to be working during Christmas. Next week, we're going to be discussing Nightmare Before Christmas versus 101 Dalmatians and Mulan versus Cinderella, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to do our for our Christmas episode, air quotes around Christmas this year, we're going to do a kind of retrospective talk about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs because Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs yeah. turns... 80 this year 80th yep. anniversary of snow white and the seven dwarfs mm-hmm. so i think it, it'd be a good thing to do a brief discussion of that film its impact on pop culture animation and, and... animation mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the world of animation and stuff and things yeah yep. and then after that we're going to be talking about fox and the hound versus toy story and I honestly forget the last one that we're going to talk about. <laughs> it, but we're going to talk about Fox and the right Hound now. versus Toy Story and another grouping. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe Stay it's, I, I can't remember. <laughs> and then that will be the end of round two. Yeah. Just in time for the start of 2018 and the end of 2017, this horribly yes. awful year. Also, me and Heather haven't started recording them yet, but we will be doing commentaries on Big Hero 6, the TV series. Animatedly. We'll be animatedly discussing a TV show. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. That'll be coming in the interim in between episodes. A lot of stuff, a lot of episodes, a lot of recording coming your way. I'm super excited. Yeah. Woo. So yeah, that's our perspective schedule for the rest of 2017. Just so you guys who are listening are aware we're mm-hmm. doing work and stuff and things got a lot of news to talk about tell your friends spread the word you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus and on twitter at disney vs please rate review and subscribe to us on itunes give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing and you can follow us on google play music and give us uh, 12 and a half skulls Mm. 12 and a half skulls love it we don't have any new itunes reviews do we grace um i looked last week and no but you know let me double check real quick while she looks at that another random detail that i just remembered on hector's guitar because it's hector's guitar and not del de la cruz de la cruz sorry i thought i was starting to think of san antonio anyway sorry so de la cruz um since he took his guitar notice where all the frets and stuff are for like tuning Mm -hmm. the strings it's a skull and it's Hector's teeth. And you can tell it's Hector's teeth because he colored one in gold. Mm-hmm. And he has a gold oh, cap. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. No, we do not have any more reviews or stars. People, you all need to get on it. Hmm. Let us know that you like us. 
or not. Tell your friends. Okay. We're at 95 uh, likes on Facebook. We need five more likes. We love likes. Likes Yikes. we love. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next episode. Woo! Bye. Bye.